Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Our God and our Father, we're grateful and thankful for another opportunity to enter these gates and courts with thanksgiving and with praise. We've come and I thank you for another preaching opportunity. Pray that you would arrest the attention of these your people, that they may have a receptive ear to hear what the Spirit saith to the church. Let self be denied, let self be crucified. Use me as an oracle that will speak your truth, a vessel for your use. Promise you, dear Lord, I won't take any credit for anything that you do, but even now we give you the honor, the praise, the glory. It belongs to you. Save someone, heal someone, deliver someone. In the name of the Lord Jesus, break yokes and destroy fetters. Give us a new lease on life, a breath of fresh air. Allow us to leave this place knowing that we've been in your presence. Let now the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And it's in the marvelous, magnificent name of Jesus that we pray. People of God said, thank God. And can you say amen? Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. The steadfast love of the Lord never changeth. His mercies are renewed day by day. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, unto me. We honor the spirit of Christ that is resident, obviously, in this place. I say often, to Bishop Blake, at the church that I'm privileged to pastor, that the Holy Spirit doesn't make visitations. He's taken up his abode. And I have reason to believe that the Holy Spirit resides here. How about it, West Angeles? Would you help me celebrate the greatest leader, the greatest leader, I believe, in both church and world, our presiding bishop, Bishop Charles Edward Blake. God bless you, Bishop Blake. We love you. Our support is with you. Walking alongside him, God bless you, Lady May. Amen. So gracious. And to each of you, the people of the Lord that's here, God bless all of these bishops. And uh, of course, protocol has been established. I would be remiss, however, if I did not acknowledge the um, uh, woman whom I am privileged to serve in the jurisdiction, Merlin Central Ecclesiastical Jurisdiction, Dr. Diana Banks. God bless you, Mother Banks. Thank you so much for being here. Mother Russell, God bless each of you. I am privileged to stand. Amen in West Angeles Church. Acts chapter 27. There is a word from the Lord. And for the essence of time, I shall not read. Um, and of course, particularly emphasis on verse 40 through 44. 40 through 44. So I'll not read the entirety of it, but at verse 40, there you will find these words. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea, loosed the rudder bands, and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore, falling into a place where two seas met. They ran the ship aground, and the forepart struck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. Verse 43, but the centurion willing to save Paul kept them from their purpose, commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. 
and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. Verse 28, chapter 28, verse 1, and when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled the fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain. And because of the cold, and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Verse 5, but he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. He shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. For the next few minutes that we shall share together, I want to preach from the sermonic theme, I didn't survive that to die in this. I just need you to look over at somebody, look over at your neighbor, and I want you to eyeball them and say, neighbor, Oh, come on, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. oh, neighbor, I've witnessed too many victories to start flirting with defeat now. I need you to look on the other side at your neighbor and say, neighbor, oh, neighbor, I've come through too many storms to give up now. And if I could survive my past, this that I'm going through now, will not negate my future. And you ought to give God praise for that. I didn't survive this, uh, that to die in this. My brothers and sisters, I open confessing that in my study of scripture, I have always been, as it would seem to a great extent, mesmerized and awed of sorts by the Apostle Paul, who indelibly, as it would seem, knew the importance and significance of prayer, and who was, in fact, one of those of whom much can be learned simply from an examination of, of his life. Because if ever there was one that trusted and believed God unequivocally, the record of the life of the Apostle Paul uniquely and distinctively depicts one who intimately and sincerely knew his God. In fact, in perusing the life of this, this brother, one finds that it took a kind of radical intervention to change his direction. I mean, because the pericope of his, his life is that he is about his own business. He is doing his own thing, and the Holy Spirit just somehow in Trusively and with an air of unannounced interruption, the Holy Spirit just abruptly crashes his intention and changes his plan. Ultimately alters and modifies, my friends, his direction from what he had intended to do to what it is or was that God would have him to do. In fact, the record of, of Paul's conversion, uh, the uh, Saul to Paul conversion, is a record of how God can uh, change, uh, yes, a man's course and rearrange 
his activity in a singular deliverance. And he ultimately becomes a usable vessel in the hands of the God that orchestrated and delivered him. Now, he is supernaturally, my friends, he is blinded beyond sight. I mean, uh, the cataracts of, uh, uh, yes, spiritual illumination just somehow supernaturally alters uh, uh, Paul's physical sight so that he can ultimately receive revelation of who God is even under the cloud of his terroristic activities so so that when his eyesight uh, yes when his eyesight is restored he he then sees God for who God really is uh, for his course is altered and and his plans are changed and notice that his destiny now becomes it becomes a, a destination that will bring glory and honor to God. Uh, I mean, because just as far left as he swung in sin is, uh, yes, how far right he is now privy to swing in God. Uh, it is what I call the prerogative of God usability, despite how bad you were in your past. Uh, but notice now that his conversion is rather radical. In, in fact, it would seem that, that the profoundness of his change would be an indicator of his futuristic uh, usability uh, in that he is thrown down uh, uh, to be emptied ultimately, to be lifted and filled in purpose. Are you going to pray with me? Uh, and of course, good grounds. Uh, Yes, Bishop, for preachment here, because as I have come to know God, I've, I've come to understand that God will, my sirs, that God will at times, he, he will utilize radical, distinct, and unique ways by which uh, he makes us usable in him. Are you hearing me? Uh, yes, and by that I mean that sometimes what, what God, my friends, will do is God will allow our crosses to be the place of our pain. Uh, even, I dare say, the place of some frustrated moments in life. And somebody here this morning knows uh, what I'm talking about. Uh, because I'm looking this morning at some somebody here that, that can testify of a life that has not always been easy. Uh, in fact, I'm looking at somebody here today that, that knows what it is for trauma to call your name. Yeah. A conflict that camped out on your doorsteps, even a baptismal experience that was hard. Uh, but now that you look back over it, you understand that God allowed it in order to make you more usable than you were before. Uh, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, because despite the fact that whatever it was, uh, and somebody can testify that the experience was indeed hard. Uh, uh, but the other side of the pain, you understand that the pain was not now so much to defeat you as it was to position you for the blessing.
blessing you were about to veto otherwise. Uh, is anybody hearing me this morning? Uh, I mean, because of times in life, it, it is the binding of sorts. Uh, it's in the binding of sorts that God seemingly slows us down uh, and even allows at times for the tilting of our boats uh, and the capsizing of our involvements in order to change our course uh, and alter our plans so that at the end of the day there there is no confusion uh, as it is what God wants to do in you. Uh, is anybody in here that can testify uh, with me that but God will bring you through? Uh, oh, I need you to look over at somebody and tell them that God will bring, he'll bring you through. Uh, well, I know, I know that what I'm about to say, uh, Bishop Blake may be a hard pill for somebody to swallow, especially this early in the morning. But hear me when I tell you that what God obviously, my brothers and sisters, understands is that inevitably for any child of God that calls him Lord, that at some time, my friends, you will be shipwrecked by tempestuous storms. I stop by to tell you when I know it's not good news to hear. And I know that you, yes, are all involved in your church life but I come to tell you that at some point in time even believers will be bitten by obtrusive satanic distractions that are but for to thwart the plan of God for your life yes and although it may not be so much to kill you but what Satan wants to do is he wants to rock you he, he wants to throw Throw you, uh, uh, but even in that, I say that the devil is a liar. Uh, I wish I had a church in here. Uh, I said the devil is. Uh, matter of fact, look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the devil is a liar. Uh, in fact, he's a good liar, but he's a liar just the same. Uh, and I declare that the devil is a liar. If if he thinks that the occasion of a stormy situation in my life if he thinks the storm will be my end when God has already declared my ending before the beginning and has declared that in the face of whatever it is that you or I may be slapped within the face but we have word and my word is that no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper I need you to just nudge your neighbor and say, neighbor, I have a word from the Lord. And my word is that no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be condemned. Oh, I know this is a talk back church. Why don't you just tell somebody because I am an heir. Come on tell your neighbor I am in the air. I have heritage. I am a servant. And my righteousness is of him 
said the Lord of hosts. Uh, beginning to feel a little bit something up in here. Well, in looking at the life of Paul, uh, notice if you will that Paul's mission now, because obviously there was a calling on his life. Uh, and that calling now had to have had significance. I, I just need somebody to shout significance. Uh, I mean, it had to have been a calling that that basked under the umbrella of crucial and significant uh, which codified his calling then to be greater than his crisis uh, oh god you didn't hear me uh, yes because uh, that was a calling on his life uh, it caused the calling then to be greater than the crisis uh, uh, that's another message bishop jones uh, but i wish i could just get somebody to look over and tell that somebody next to you that the only reason I'm still here oh come on somebody help me preach tell your neighbor the only reason I'm still here after all that I've been through is my calling is greater than my crisis I just nudge your neighbor and said neighbor that's why I'm still here. I survive because of, of my calling. That's why the car wreck didn't kill me. That's why the floods couldn't drown me. The fire couldn't burn me. The chatter of cynics couldn't even stop me because that was a calling on, uh, on my life. That was greater than the chaos and the crisis that was thrown at me. Shake hands with your neighbor and say, neighbor, that's why I'm still here. Oh, I've got to cut some corners and I got to bring this on in. But Paul now, my friends, Paul is given a message and obviously he is the man for the job because the mission given him yes, was that he dismantled the familiar teachings of the age. I mean, because in order to bring about a balance between, say, the letter of the law and that of the spirit, he has bestowed this significantly crucial involvement. And of course, it goes without saying that this indelibly, indelibly and obviously caused great irritation with and amongst many of his brethren. And understandably so, I mean, because as one noted theologian phrased it in a time my friends you buck systematic systems you become the world's worst troublemaker is anybody hearing me what I say in fact in a time you go against the norm for will tag you trouble I'm trying to go somewhere and of course not only your bucking of the norm but in a time you have spiritual insight anytime you're cloaked in God-given vision folk will tag you this that and the other preach Pierce but now to that I say but no I'm not 
troublemaker. I'm not a problem instigator. Preach, peers. I just come from stock, not of the norm. I'm not average. I'm not mediocre. And I will not be deduced in purpose by a feeble mindset or the impression of a low lifed status quo. Am I talking for anybody up in here? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm not arrogant, but I do have confidence and the confidence that I walk in is knowing who and whose I am and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own I used to hear my grandmother say that all the time staring in the pot of pinto beans she said he walks with me and he talks with me. Well, can I talk for somebody? Trying to cut some corners, I gotta bring this in. But somebody can say, I don't need your validation. When I have already been charged and challenged by God to do what it is that he's called me to do. But now it is that kind of thinking that gets you in trouble with people. I'm not gonna stay here long. But hear me when I tell you that folk will snub you because of the oil on your life. Would you help me preach and tell somebody that folk will snub you because of the oil that's on your life. I said in the office and I've been saying of late that there are really three ways to be. You can be rusty, you can be greasy, or you can be oily. I don't believe there are any rusty folk in this house. Just look down your aisle, look down your row and ask them, are you rusty? Well, no rusty folk up in here. But secondly, you can be greasy. Come on, ask your neighbor. Said neighbor, are you greasy? Grease sticks to you. It's all about you. Narcissism. A narcissistic mindset. Everything you do because you're greasy is all about you. Look down your row and ask your neighbor, are you greasy? I know you're not rusty, but are you greasy? But there is a third group and that's the oily folk oh God oily folk allow the oil of God's anointing to flow from them and it flows to others look at your neighbor and say neighbor I'm not rusty I'm not greasy but the oil of God's anointing rest on my life come on find you somebody else and say neighbor or neighbor I'm not oily or rather I'm not rusty I'm not greasy but the oil of God's anointing rests on my life I've been saying Bishop that if anybody wants to pick a fight don't you ever pick a fight with an oily person because you're going to get in trouble because when you grab me when you swipe at me. Uh, oh, 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 oh. 
oil of God's anointing will flow through me. Yes, yes. Will y'all sit down for a moment? Let me say just another thing, and I'll bring this on in. Despite all that confronted Paul in life, I'm rushing you. Notice that it was through his many struggles, conflicts, and confusion of Paul's deliver that the Bible informs us that Paul developed a genuine love for God and his people in spite of. And notice, if you will, that while not allowing the struggle to make him bitter, yes, nor allowing the fight to veto his purpose and a victim from his destiny. Yet Paul, the Bible informs us, allowed the challenges to produce within him a passion to know Christ better in a more intimate way that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering. Just look at somebody and say, neighbor, I want to know him. Yes. Well, in looking at the life of Paul, what you notice about this brother is that Paul had gotten to a point where he would not allow people to intimidate him. Look at somebody and say, watch the spirit of intimidation. So many in Christendom are basking, my friends, in a state of intimidation. There are so many, even in the household of faith, that are bitten by the snare of intimidation. I'm coming in, y'all. They are bitten by three pressures and fears even to the extent that that old terroristic mindset has impacted vision to the extent that it has reduced perception of themselves beneath who they really are in God is there anybody here that knows what I'm talking about Satan don't have no power but he has a whole lot of strategy and he will use his strategy to try and intimidate you. Well, intimidated by Satan, intimidated by people, and then intimidated by situations that have become a part of your plight. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to go somewhere here. Messed up in your mind over meaningless stuff and then given over to satanic oppressions and opposition that has taken a toll on you. But the devil is a liar because God has not given us the spirit of fear, preach fears, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I need you to shake somebody's hand and say, neighbor, I have power, I have love, and I have a sound mind. Can I go to the text? Well, the Bible says that having been shipwrecked by a stormy situation, the people have somehow, they've survived and the process 
success of their survival is not one and the same because while some have the ability to swim out of their situation but others have to come through by other means available to them for the Bible says that some on boards and some on broken pieces on the ship for that that should have been evil to sustain them has become dismantled under the pressures of time do you hear me what I say but now their desire not to falter it accompanies them in their quest to survive and thusly the Bible says that they escaped safely to land for they have all boss hindering they have survived and I just wonder are there any survivors in the house I'm just about there y'all I said are there any any survivors in the house beat up by the strength of a bad situation but my testimony is I, I survived shake hands with your neighbor and said neighbor I survived but in reading the text further the text does not infer that all was over because in looking at scripture from a contextual point of view it would seem that one of the most vulnerable places in a believer's life is right after a current victory y'all don't hear me let me put a pin there for I said that a vulnerable place in the believer's life is right after a current victory you've got to be careful how you lay down your weapons oh Lord right after a current victory yes but here you are now and because the race is not over there's another devil to be encountered the Bible declares that when oh Lord I said when they escaped to Melita a fire was kindled as a measure of kindness but as Paul begins to put sticks on the fire out of the heat comes a viper driven out by the situation of the heat which caused me to ponder situation for revelation and I said to the Lord something like this I said Lord what's with this how is it that out of the fire comes a viper when one is trying to do your will what I want to know is how how oh God but I heard the Lord say that any time he said pierce any time you stir up the fire of God and cause the heat of the Holy Spirit to generate a flow to others around you you can expect 
demonic terrorism you can expect satanic aggression for evil forces will come at you to try and block God said what I have already ordained yes yes the Bible said can I bring it in I think I see an exit the Bible says that the serpent attached itself to Paul did you hear what I said don't y'all leave me now I see my exit oh Lord the Bible says that the serpent attached itself to Paul yes yes you've got to understand that there is a difference between attachments and assignments did you hear what I said shake hands with your neighbor and said neighbor you've got to understand the difference between attachments and assignments everybody that's in your life might not be an assignment but the attachments you gotta shake them off did you hear what I said some folk that's been around you for a long time stop by to tell you that it's time to shake them off but you gotta shake them off in the right place because if you don't shake them off in the fire oh lord stuff can find its way back into your life yeah 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 the barbarians are looking and they've concluded the wrong thing about the viper yes and I stopped by to tell you my time is up but I stopped by to tell you there are some folk around you they've been watching what you do but I need you to tell somebody keep on looking and you're going to change your mind about who I am and what God has called me to be I need you to understand I'm getting off y'all but you gotta shake it off whatever it is is there anybody here that's got some stuff in your life that you need to shake off look at somebody and said neighbor some shake off power but I got to shake it in the right place yes 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 yeah 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 he shook it off because Paul realized that I didn't come through the storm to die here oh yes come on shell somebody grab your neighbor by the hand I'm getting off y'all and said neighbor or neighbor I didn't come through the storm to make it safely to the other side to go down now in defeat I, I didn't survive oh y'all come on shake that hand and tell your neighbor said neighbor or neighbor I didn't 
didn't survive my midnight to die in the dawning of a new day. I've been through, shake that head like you're glad to see him and said, neighbor, oh neighbor, I've been through the storm and rain, but I made it. I've been shipwrecked by situation, but I made it. Some on boards, some on broken pieces, but we made it. Shake that hand for the last time and said, neighbor, oh neighbor, I made it because destiny is calling my name. So if what I just come through couldn't break me, couldn't stop me, neither can what I'm going through now because I'm shaking it off in the fire, shake off failure. Oh, come on, come on, let's do some shaking. Get on your feet and said, neighbor, oh neighbor, I'm shaking off failure. Shaking off doubt, shaking off frustration, stress and strain, worry and complaint, shaking it off bad relations, bad choices, shaking it off low self-esteem because I have an antidote on the inside and it's the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Bishop. I'm done. But can I testify on my way to my seat? He walks with me. He talks with me. And he tells me that I'm his own. The joy we share. Is there anybody here that's got joy? High five your neighbor and said, neighbor, Joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy in my soul. Yeah, yeah. And this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And the world, get in somebody's face and say, and the world can't take it away. Say yes, say yes, say yes. Everybody clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. Come on, give praise to the Lord. may have gone through a storm. You may have been bitten by a viper, by the negativity and pain of life. But the preacher says you can make it. Come on, would you tell two of your neighbors you can make it? I want to say to the entire audience today, that some of those things that have been troubling you are going into the fire. 
by faith say it's in the fire. Come on, praise God for deliverance is in the fire. This can be a life-changing experience to many who are in the room today. God did not just bring you to church to have church, but he brought you to church that your life might be transformed, that you might be delivered from those things that have latched on to you and would destroy your life. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I want to pray for somebody today, somebody who wants to be free, somebody who needs a miracle from God, somebody who needs God to do something great in your life. This powerful word has come forth for you. How many of you feel the Lord's been talking to you today? If you're here today and you're not saved, the Lord wants to come into your life and revolutionize your life. If you know Jesus, your life has been radically changed. If you're here today and you would accept him as your Savior, as your Lord, you'll never be the same again. Those things that have been dominating you, Jesus will stand up in your life to set you free. If you're here today and you say, Preacher, pray for me. I need Jesus. I need to be forgiven. I need to be saved. I want the Lord to transform my life. Give me power to live victoriously. If that's you and you desire prayer for salvation, while everybody is praying, and their head is bowed, I want you just to lift your hand, hold it high. If you would say, Preacher, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want him to come into my heart on this day. Lord, bless those lifted hands. Bless those who said, pray for me. Bless those who said, I need Jesus. I want to be saved. Come into their lives. Set them free. Let them never be the same again. Give them victory over those things that are latching on to them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Deliverance in the room by the blood of Jesus Christ. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for me. I believe he arose again from the dead. I receive Jesus. I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Clap your hands and thank God. I thank you, Lord. I am forgiven. I am saved. I have new life. Come on, give God glory. Give God praise. If you lifted your hand, even if you did not lift your hand, I want to know your name. I want to praise God for what he's done in your life. I want to write you a letter this week, a letter of encouragement. 
I want to give you literature that you can read in the privacy of your own home. I want to shake your hand and praise God for what he's done in your life. If you accepted the Lord, if you did not raise your hand, but accepted the Lord and prayed this prayer, believing Jesus to become your Lord and Savior, step out, come forth, even now. All right now. All right now. God said, Join the church. Come on. You need to spend a moment in the prayer room. Come on. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with the conclusion of this special message by Bishop Carl A. Pierce, Sr., right after these important messages. If you'd like a copy of this message titled, I Didn't Survive, ah, take two. If you'd like a copy of this message titled, I Didn't Survive That to Die Hmm. To die. I didn't survive that. To die in this. In. Look, I got a big eye there, but no. This. To die in. I got eye, but no in. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, Kit, what are we doing here? And then, of course, that's not working. Uh oh. There's another. I got it. this just keeps doing its own thing and going round. Stop it. Right there. Stop. 